All right then, everybody in podcast land out there, welcome to another Tank Nation podcast. So this is where we bring the outside in. And uh, our brother Sean Oliver, ex-resident here on the Polanski Unit, was our uh, actually our pastor in our Protestant programs here for many years. How you doing? I'm good. What's up, fellas, ladies? What's happening? I brought this gentleman here to talk to you. Can you introduce yourself? Yes, sir. My name is Dr. Chico Tillman, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Chi Town. So he said, Doctor, can you give us a little background? Um. I have a PhD in criminology, law, and justice studies, but also I'm an individual that has been system impacted. I served 16 years, three months in the feds in prison from 1994 to 2011. So I came home into 2011. Actually, one, 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 one. I came home January 11, 2011 and he's involved in the work to stop violence. And the reason that I asked him to take out his time to come talk to us, because I know when I got incarcerated and a lot of the fellas that I deal with that are still incarcerated with the aggravated life sentences, some of you on death row, some of you in SEG, there is a degree of wisdom that he possesses that I just want to open up the floor and I hope that somebody catches this because we even know behind the bars is violence and it's no need of it. So the floor is yours. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something, man. Like, I've been really blessed, man, but to really understand my story or understand where I come from, I'm an individual from the west side of Chicago. The west side of Chicago is the most violent community in Chicago, numerically. Um, also, I'm an individual that was a gang leader. I was, a, I was a member of a gang called the Four Corner Hustlers, which is a branch of the Vice Lords. So I actually was a gang leader and I sold drugs. So I don't wanna get it twisted. Like you talking to somebody that don't understand what you're going through, don't understand the community, just went to school. No, that's not me. I'm an individual that went through a lot of stuff um, in the community, um, single parent mom, um, grew up poor and um, started hustling. And um, I ended up actually getting jammed up because one of my relatives, um, guy, did something bogus. I had some people put hands on him and he set me up. And I ended up getting 20 years in prison. And I ended up serving 16 years, three months. Um, the first eight years, I was in a medium high. I was actually in Pekin, Illinois. I went to like maybe six or seven joints. The first eight years, I'm gonna be honest, I was numb. I wasn't trying to hit nothing. I was still on gang banging. I wasn't trying to hit. I felt like, I'm gonna be honest, the first eight years, I felt like I wasn't ever going home. I just wanna be, be real with y'all. I was suicidal in, in, invertedly, not directly. Meaning like, I would do things that could get you killed because I had that I don't care mentality in a space where doing what I was doing could get my head knocked off. But I didn't care because I had, you know, at 23, with 20 years, I only been on the planet, what, 20 years, 23 years, and I'm like, I can't see no damn 20 years. 
And um, really around maybe like the six or seven year, I gave my life to God. And I don't want to make it sound like spooky or spiritual. What really made me give my life to God is that my mama stopped coming. My dad had died. My grandmama had died in there. And I was like, damn. That was my emotion. Damn. I didn't really break down or nothing. All my uncles died. My aunt died in the first eight years now. And my mama was like, since I was still like, you know, still with the mob, still in the gang. My mom was like, she want to come to see me. She was like, I'm going to make sure you get your money. I'm going to make sure you're good. But I'm not coming there to see you with that foolishness. And I gave my life to God. I said, I can't lose my mom. That's all I got. I said, I ain't got nothing else. And I said, my prayer was not that I go home, but God don't send me home like this because my mind messed up. And I say, God, help me have a mind and help me learn you. And I'm going to be honest, right? I, I looked at different religions. I don't knock nobody for what they believe. And let me start here, right? I understand Islam because I was a vice lord. And a lot of people don't know vice lords hold creed, their whole principles, our laws are wrote under the guise of Islam. So it was wrote wrote based upon Islamic principles, but I found peace in Christianity. You know, really reading the Bible for myself, understanding God, and I gave my life to God. And um, I ain't gonna say like I was perfect after that, but I started going to church. Some of the stuff that I knew was bogus, I tailored out, and I became really more, I became a grown ass man. I became mature. I, I cut out a lot of the foolishness. And you know, really I started thinking about some of the issues I got with another brother is about something that don't even involve, why the hell I'm mad at this? I begin to look at things for what they really were. Like, I don't like this dude really because he was born in a different neighborhood and because the group that's in that neighborhood, he joined and I joined the group in my neighborhood. But the reason the beef started between the two groups happened before I was born. I was like, man, forget that stuff. And the main thing that helped me grow too was like in the feds in Chicago when I was in Pekin, it was still, you know, like vice lords against GDs or whatever. But when I got a transfer, it was Chicago or Midwest or, you know, it was territorial. Then I say it began to click to me like the things that I thought were important that I was fighting about weren't even important at all. And then in some spaces, when we would get into it with other nationalities, then all the blacks would come together. I was like, so you mean when we got a common enemy, all this stuff go out the door, then why are we even beefing at all? So then that's, that's what helped my maturation process. And, um, and I'm gonna tell you around maybe like year nine or 10, that's when it hit me that I, I said, damn, I did 10. I could do this other seven. You know, that, that's when it that's when it that's when it clicked that I might go home around year 10. I say, you know, seven's still a, a bit, but I say, damn, I did 10 and I'm still here, I'm healthy. I could do the other seven. And I began to walk it down, and then you know I went to a low and then to a camp. 
And you know, I'm gonna be honest, it was hard to adjust yeah. really going down in security level because I came became around people that was immature, that didn't have the same level of respect. And I remember one time I telling them, you could send me back up top. These dudes gonna make me hurt them mm -hmm. because of the way they acted. But over a period of time, I realized it was me. I realized like, man, I gotta tone it down. Cause if I can't handle them, I sure can't handle the people in the world. So I, you know, and I, you know, I, I made it through that. But the thing was, man, the hardest thing was like coming home mm. after all that time had passed and trying to figure out life. And it was hard. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not gonna tell you no bullshit like, man, it's sweet when it's beautiful free. Let me let me say that. It's beautiful. Ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like having your woman next to you, being able to see your kid. It's beautiful. I don't got no complaints, but it's hard when you come home um, and have to make those adjustments and try to get back acclimated to society. It's a process. The thing I tell anybody, man, embrace it and take your time, man. Take your time. And don't let other people... I'm going to tell you, the things where I, I struggle that or I see other people struggle is other people put pressure on you to, to be something or have something that you don't have immediately. I'm going to tell you this too, right? Coming home made me forgive a lot of people because I know it's a lot of people locked up saying, well, I don't mess with these people because they ain't did nothing for me in jail. I'm going to tell you something I learned. If they was broke when you left the street, guess what? They broke when you go home. They in that same spot. They ain't got nothing. They waiting on you. They waiting on you. To, there was people actually waiting for me to get out and say, what's the plan? I'm like, what? And you've been waiting 20 years for this plan? You crazy. But people that weren't leaders don't become leaders just because you lead. They still followers. Or people that work are still workers, man. And uh, really, man, by the grace of God, man, this work found me. I didn't know what I was going to do, but That's right. I was able to leverage the relationships that I had in the joint from all over the country and be able to mediate violence because I was cool with everybody. Now, you get down to like my, after being in 13, 14 years, I had love in the joint because I was a good dude, meaning I was fair, honest. I wasn't on no garbage, but I still, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't accepting no garbage neither, but I wasn't bothering nobody. So, you know, it was a lot of love. And when I got out, it was two groups in Chicago into it. And I, one dude was my celly and another dude was who I grew up with. And when I mediated it, it wasn't nothing to me. It was just I knew two people, but it was huge to the community and people outside because it had been a war going on between these two people and the people that's with them, and a lot of people had lost lives on both sides. And when I seen the impact I had not only on those two individuals, but the community and the city, I fell in love with this work, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and what able me to go back to school really like, one thing about prison, prison conditioned my mind to learn. I, I read over 100 or 200 books in prison, but also fighting my case 
and going to the law library, getting that Blacks Dictionary, shepherdizing cases, all of that, to go back to school and just um, regurgitate some information that a teacher done said was easy to me. So it made me go back to school. And you know how we, when we when we grind, we grind. I went, I was like, man, I'm finna go to the top. I ain't gonna play with it. So I went, you know, got my bachelor's degree. Um, I ended up graduating number one. My master's degree, I graduated number one. And then I got my PhD from a research one institution, University of Illinois at Chicago. And my whole time, the people that was pushing me to go further and further was brothers and sisters like you. Man, what really like when I get tired, when I get weary, um, I get a call from somebody from the joint. And they'll be like, nigga, you free, man. You better go to school or you better do it or you better stay out of trouble. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something too, right? The streets show me so much love. Like the guys would be like, nah, cheek, something that happened over here, man. You get from over here. You doing good, man. And, and, and that's what really motivate me uh, to go forward. Now, just to show you my commitment to people like you to this day, the way I tithe, I'm in church, but I tithe. Know how I tithe? It's three or four brothers. I send money every month. I send money to them joints. I ain't forgot where I came from. I ain't forgot what brothers going through. And one of my proudest moments was writing a letter for a brother to get the first step at and get released from prison and writing letters to get brothers off probation. So I'm still about trying to liberate my brothers from behind the wall. I ain't forgot about y'all. I love y'all, but it's work to be done out here. But also the work can start in there, man. I'm telling you, man, whether you short or you got a little time ahead, man, my advice to you would be to learn something. You got to learn something. And I'm telling you, if you are good, let, let, let me be clear, man, because I'm not going to sell you no hocus pocus. The key to getting a job is being good at it. Getting a damn certificate for pain or plumbing or nothing, that don't mean shit. You got to be a good plumber, period. You can't just get no certificate for it. You got to be good at it. So if you get something and you're good at it, you're going to have an opportunity. Hey, man, I hope I encourage some of y'all, man. My brother got my information. If y'all want to give it, get up with me, he going to get it. Once again, my name is Jock Chico Tillman, and it's all love. And, man, I'll see you on the other side. Peace. Tank Nation Conversations. Promoting change through change. I'm Brian Collier, Executive Director of Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Blakinger. Uh, Dennis Martinez. I'm a world and U.S. skateboard champion. Hello, my name is Kevin Kempf, and I'm the Executive Director of the Correctional Leaders Association, and it's an honor. Gary Moore. Yeah, my name is uh, Hedemias Cooper. Uh, hello, I'm Michael Dutra. And this is Sharon Dutra. I'm David Gorin. I'm a, a radio producer for the BBC. I'm Maria Mogaronis. My purpose is to look out at each and every man in this room and see that there's hope for everybody in here. Oh, when I came to death row, all I knew was that I came here to die, but little did I know, I came here to live. <laughs>